And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Happy to be here. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's good to have you here today in the studio on a Saturday. Um, we've been following the news, and um, we certainly grieved with those who are grieving over um, a tragedy that occurred out in uh, Arizona. There was a shooting. People died. You know, sometimes we feel like we have no answers. Um, the question is often asked, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, there's probably any number of books written with that title. And um, detractors from Christianity will often raise that issue. Um, even the unregenerate have a sense of uh, what is right, what is wrong. Um, kind of the natural man understands some things because God has wired it into him. Our sensibilities are often offended by the very things that happen in this world. And um, again, the uh, unregenerate and sometimes even the Christian will look at that and say, why me? You know, of all the billions in this world, why did I have to get cancer? Why did my husband, wife, have to die at such a young age? And so um, that's the topic today. Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm not sure we can resolve it all in just one broadcast, but I think by the time we exit today from this broadcast, there will be great comfort for the child of God. So who would like to get us started? Well, we may not have a definitive answer, but we can certainly enter into the problem right. much more deeply mm. and then have a pastoral answer. I was thinking of um, this problem of evil. It's, uh, you might say, the bet noir or the bugbear of uh, mm. of uh, Christianity. It's the place where we're attacked by the unbeliever. It's the place where Christians question most. Uh, being in the pastorate, I've seen, uh, and of course, even in my own life, let, let me be yeah. fair. When when things go wrong, you say, why me, God? Mm-hmm. Bertrand Russell, the famous British philosopher, wrote a famous essay entitled, Why I Am Not a Christian. Mm. And of course, uh, philosophy students and others read that and He essentially says in that essay, it boils down to the fact that he's not a Christian because there is suffering Mm -hmm. in the world and evil in the world, and he thinks there is an excess amount and that a good God would not allow people to suffer the way they do. So it is an important subject, and Mm. it's an important subject to address yeah, it's a, a very difficult. We see uh, the good suffer and the evil go on. The psalmist talked about that too. He said, "My mm-hmm. feet almost slipped." And yeah, and uh, it was a Psalm seventy three, right? And he he just says, "When I observed how the wicked seemed to prosper, you know." But then he said, "Then I entered the sanctuary of God." And there's a lot of perspective that needs to go on here, and I think that's one of the areas where when we start looking at this, we have to look at perspective. We have to look at the evil in the world. We have to look mm-hmm. at how bad that is and why God is right to judge that. Looking at our own lives, I look at my own heart, and I, I see 
all manner of evil within my own heart. And is God right to judge that? He certainly is. Mm -hmm. Well, the the problem, of course, uh, is universal. I uh, teach religions uh, and have studied uh, religions in general. That's my background. That's the way I I was trained, more Mm -hmm. than just in Christianity. And I I can't think of a religion uh, that doesn't in some way, even when they think people are good and there is no God even. You know, not Mm -hmm. all religions believe in God. They all, though, uh, admit that there's something profoundly wrong in the human race. Now, they don't always call that rebellion against God or sin. They may call it the problem of suffering. They may think it's a lack of harmony in the human race, that we're just simply not in harmony with the spheres or whatever. But the truth is, uh, there is something profoundly wrong, yeah, and it needs to be put right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Christians believe that God, who sent his Son, came to put things right. And so, yes, the problem of uh, sin and the problem of evil uh, are important problems. Uh, Paul certainly demonstrates that there's something profoundly wrong in the human race in Romans 1. That is quite a striking passage there once you get past verse 16 when mm-hmm. he starts talking about the condition of the world. Yeah, you know. yeah, I have it right here. Is a, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their own speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened, Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. And then it says, Therefore God gave them up over to the loss of their own hearts, to impurity, and that among their bodies they might dishonor them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Mm -hmm. Interesting here when it talks about God's punishment of man, and he goes on there, part of God's punishment of man is to let man do what he wants. Hmm. Yeah, that's C.S. Lewis does a great job in his literature in pointing out that God does take our nose seriously. Mm -hmm. And uh, people do, uh, and we do turn our back on our Mm -hmm. maker. It is, of course... uh, to enter into a kind of corruption yeah. and self-centeredness that mm-hmm. we cannot free ourselves from without uh, God's help. You know, John. Uh, also, uh, John, you were mentioning how that all religions uh, seem to uh, admit that something is profoundly wrong with the human race. Mm-hmm. And I was reading ahead, um, Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and following, where it talks about, I guess, what we would call the inward conscience of man and not necessarily regenerate yet. It talks about it this way. It says, when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things contained in the law, these, although not having the law, 
are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. And so I think this is in part an explanation of the sensibility that is built into the human psyche regarding fundamental justices and things that are right, things that are wrong, uh, so that the sinner even has this inward conscience. He uh, has a sense for goodness, a sense Mm. for badness, and a sensibility when things are totally whacked out and it's only natural for him to say, whoa, 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 what happened here? Yeah, they still have a sense of justice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it may not be uh, God's sense of justice, but nonetheless they have traced upon their consciousness yeah. a sense of justice. Yeah. And this to me shows uh, and demonstrates that we are created in the image of God. It. it does. And, and when we fell, we did not cease to be human. Yeah. Or, or in the image of God, but we did fall into sin, and our sense of justice needs to be corrected. And, of mm-hmm. course, this is what the Scriptures do. Yeah, uh, helps us to love those things and points us out to love those things that are lovely and to hate those things that are hateful. Yeah. This is what we sometimes call common grace. Common grace. That's we what it common, is, isn't com- it? Common grace, and, and all people have that sense. I know... Uh, I have a you know some contacts indirectly with some of the tribes in the, in the jungles that that mm-hmm. don't have uh, contact with others. My son was in contact with one tribe, and he said the leaders came up to him and said, "We need your word. We know the way we're living is yes. wrong." Yes. And it, it was interesting because they had that sense and knew something was wrong, and they couldn't fix it themselves, no. and knew they needed something. They else. needed the word of God and in their language, exactly right. didn't they? Yes. And, and the truth of that. Well, let's take a break on that note. I see we kind of ran over our uh, midway deadline here, so the second half of this program will have to be a little shorter. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We're talking about the interesting question today, why do bad things happen to good people? Stay with us now. We'll be right back. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors? As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, one. 
2461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and I'm joined in the studio today with the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We're talking about this question of why do bad things happen to good people. And, um, you know, in, in a way, we almost need to do some definitions again. You know, last week we were doing some definitions. Let me just throw this out, um, gentlemen. What is bad? What is good? How do we know? Mm-hmm. We generally define bad or something that is good relative to our own interest. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're very egocentric, and I think that's part of the fall, is that we have turned inward, and uh, therefore we have turned away from our maker. Mm -hmm. And uh, we live in a world whereby we think uh, if things don't go our way, uh, then... uh, uh, something is wrong. It's unfair. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense in which uh, good things, uh, uh, there, there is much good in life, of course. Uh, there, is, there is much evil. But, you know, even in the world that we were talking just before the break, uh, while the world is fallen, God still in his mercy allows the common man, the common woman, to enjoy the things of life. He makes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Yeah. yeah. So forth. Uh, I am amazed at that. So someone wrote a book called uh, not why do bad things happen to good people, but why do good things happen to bad people? Well, that's a good question also. Yeah. And that's that's, that's the key thing to, to understand. I think one of the problems is there's always a sense of entitlement. God owes us something. Now, one of the things we understand from Genesis chapter 3, since the fall, God owes us nothing but punishment and judgment. And when we get that in our heads, and it's hard to get that That's in our heads. That's a big heads, one, isn't it? it then we're yeah. in a good frame of mind, you know, mm-hmm. because we always think that this person deserves something good to happen and this one should have something bad. I can't help but think, you know, one of the kings, if you look at the divided kingdoms, the southern kingdom had a few good kings. One of the very best kings of the southern kingdom was Josiah, who was oh, the yes. last of the good kings. And here he was, he found the law, and he he yeah. rebuilt a temple. He did everything right. And then what did he do? He went out against Pharaoh Necho. So here you have this wicked 
Egyptian pharaoh coming against this righteous Josiah. Who wins? Pharaoh does. Mm-hmm. Josiah is killed. And our sensibility would say, no, Josiah should win. But God has his plans. He has his purposes. And it's not always based on what we look and we think mm-hmm. who deserves what. But God is sovereign over all of that. Now, did God reward Josiah? Yes. Josiah is in heaven. Pharaoh Nico is not. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, due to the resurrection, the last word yeah. is always the good word <laughs> That's, in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's an interesting dynamic that goes on, uh, though. Uh, God does send judgment to wake us up. Yes. Uh, I've mentioned C.S. Lewis, but uh, uh, God does wake us up with our pains mm-hmm. and gets uh, our attention. Yes. Just like Very true. Uh, a, an illness that a person has, it would be almost, uh, well, what should I say? It would it, it would not be a good thing if we didn't have pain and we had some mm-hmm. awful disease working in our body silently mm-hmm. that didn't cause us any pain, so we would go right. to the doctor. Right. But, you know, also, let me just say the other side. The scriptures also declare that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Yeah. Mm. So... God, you might say, uses both mm-hmm. judgment at times and also goodness at yeah. times to lead us to himself. But in all things, God is sovereign in his purposes mm-hmm. and does lead us uh, to himself. The question is, uh, we started out with, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, there's a couple of things wrong with that. Number one is, of course, that from God's perspective, we belong to a sinful race if we call ourselves good, it is because we do not understand what we really are in the light of a holy yes, and right. um, righteous God. And if we accept the judgment of Scripture that apart from Christ we are undone, and under the judgment of God, then, of course, when we come to that true sense, that is, in as we said last week, the first step of coming to your senses. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, part of repentance is coming to your senses and beginning to agree with God what he says about you and about the world. You know, uh, you think of the parable of the prodigal and you're talking about some of the bad things that happen, the parable of the prodigal, what happens? Everything's spent, he's in a terrible shape. Hmm. I mentioned Josiah, his grandfather was Manasseh. Manasseh is the worst king of the southern kingdom, except (laughs) that when God judged him, he was converted. Second mm. Chronicles tells us that he changed. He had that repentance. And so a mm-hmm. lot of times you're right. The trials that we have bring us back to God. Isn't that what Jonah was afraid of with the Ninevites? Mm. Yeah. They would get converted. Mm. Yeah, that's right. God would give them repentance. <laughs> that's that right. almost a funny story as you read it. It is. Yeah. It, is. it is. Especially when he's in the belly of the great fish and he's got yeah. the seaweed wrapped around it his head. He's got a kick out of it. Yeah, it is a testimony, though, to... His understanding of God, that God is good. <laughs> yeah, right. that God would be gracious. <laughs> he yeah. just knew God was going to have mercy on these folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that is a wonderful account. Yeah. Uh, but the, the parables do speak a great deal of, uh, even though we are sinful and rebellious, how good God is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the greatest, I think, illustration of uh, of God's goodness and grace is the story of the prodigal son. But I also like... 
that imagery of the one lost sheep. And what does mm. Jesus do? He goes after it because mm. he came into the world to seek and to save the lost. Yeah. Uh, that is the goodness of God. You mm. know, the very scriptures and the very action of God is structured in a very loving way. What does God do? He loves us and sends his son. Mm. So I have to believe that we live in a world, even though we are rebellious and under God's judgment, that we live in a world whereby God is not through with us, yes. right. but he presses on to yeah. bring us back to himself. Mm. Yeah. What would you say today to a person who really had some rough turns in life? Maybe um, maybe their spouse divorced them. Maybe they um, were unjustly accused and maybe a root of bitterness, you know, has grown up. They couldn't help it, and uh, there's just this bitterness. What are some steps towards uh, reconciliation, first with God and then with their neighbor? Well, I think one of the first things you do is is recognize that our salvation was based on one of the greatest injustices of all, and that was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It was, in a sense, not just the Roman sense, that he was unjustly crucified for us, but it was our sin that Mm -hmm. sent him there. And the first thing is to look at uh, what Jesus Christ did for us. He received the greatest humiliation, Mm. the greatest injustice that this world has ever seen, and suffered the cross for us. We have a very fast-paced world, and it's easy for us, all of us, to get caught up in our cell phones, our TV sets, uh, the latest news. It does us well, doesn't it? It does us good to pause, to ponder, to chew on that very fact that you just shared, Mark. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm often um, asked as a pastor, uh, why, why me? Yeah. Or the suffering that I'm going through, uh, I don't understand it. Mm. And there is a certain uh, mystery, for instance, about injustice and sin. Mm. Uh, Paul talks about iniquity as being a mystery. The mystery of iniquity still works in us. Yes. The origin of sin and so forth, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, a difficult matter. But nonetheless, let me say this, and Mark is on the right track here, it seems to me, and it's the way I try to address it. What I notice is that God enters into our sin and misery in Christ Mm -hmm. and takes upon himself our suffering. And so I, I may not always have an answer, but I can point them to a Savior who's come to stand with them. Yes, in their right. sin and their and misery and he suffering comes to and stand with us yes, on our right. side of the divide, he comes and stands with yeah. us, and and uh, uh, whatever suffering we may have, I know that God understands. Yeah, and there's no temptation that's taken us, for instance, that He doesn't understand. Yeah, so those things. Yeah, think of Joseph. Uh, he was uh, a virtuous man, was he not? Mm. Yeah, and yeah. and suffered so many things. He did. Uh, and so many injustices. But God uh, meant it for good. That's the passage I want to talk about. It. They meant it for evil, but yeah. God meant it for good. Yeah. Uh, there is that passage. I'm not quite sure where it is, Mark. I should know where it says uh, uh, God uh, right uh, the, uses the, the wrath of men to praise him, and the oh, remainder thereof he restrains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, many verses in the Bible uh, to indicate to us that whatever happens to us, 
in life, uh, in a real sense, ultimately and finally, we will understand that it was for our good and for our salvation. I see we're out of time already for this edition of A Plain Answer. Mark, you had one more comment. Why yeah, I want to say that the, the, the greatest thing also, and it's right in Romans eight eighteen. for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Eternity will wipe away those tears. Some oh, people man. say time wipes away tears. Eternity will. And even if you suffer for 70, 100, hmm. 120 years here on earth, eternity's a lot longer than that. Oh, yes. And it's just a blink of the eye before right. we'll stand before God. With that, we are well out of time. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. Copies of this broadcast are up on our website. Please visit it, RedeemerBroadcasting.org, under A Plain Answer. It's also linked to iTunes. Today I've been joined by the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Thank you so much for tuning our way today. Here at Redeemer Broadcasting, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Trust in the chariot. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in horses. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails. His name will always prevail. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in the work they do. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. By His grace all the work is through. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails. His name will always prevail. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in the wealth of things. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Name worth more than anything. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. His love never fails. His name will always prevail. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God.